In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil, and failed to do what is good. For this, I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. And trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God on high, and on The Lord be with you. 
Let us pray. O Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy, and because of our frailty we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the 14th Sunday after Trinity is written in the book of, the Pro- book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Listen, my son, to accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed of slumber till they make someone fall. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. This is the word of the Lord. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that that you do not do what you want. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Praises due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory be to you, o Lord. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Ingratitude is not uncommon. So it is no surprise, it does not shock or surprise God that many, even most, do not return and give praise to God. For God causes the sun to shine and God causes the rains to fall on both the grateful and the ungrateful alike. God cares for his creation, all of it. He loves all that he has made. He gives food and health and breath. He sees their needs and he fills them. And what's more, he does not withdraw this fatherly hand, even from those who withdraw from him, those who neglect him or even hate him. But rather, God in his mercy continues to bestow his bounty, his care, and what's more, in his mercy, God so loved the world in this way that he sent his only begotten son, into the world that those who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. But Jesus does lament when only one out of ten cleansed lepers whom he had healed returned to give him thanks. He's not here lamenting all of those everywhere who were not grateful not lamenting all of those, the multitudes that God has graciously cared for, but who ignore him. But he does lament these other nine. There were far more lepers in Israel than these twelve, and Jesus, these ten, and Jesus did not heal all lepers, but these he did. Why? Because they came to him. And they called out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Their cry to him indicates some amount of faith and trust in Jesus. They had heard something about this Jesus, and perhaps they believed the scriptures that says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Jesus' answer to them, though, was not immediate cleansing, but rather another word, in fact, a command. He says, go, show yourselves to the priest. That was the normal procedure for recovering or healed lepers in order to be able for them to return to ordinary life. And at Jesus' word, at his command, before they ever saw evidence of their healing, they go. And as they go, according to the word of Jesus, they were healed. The mercy that Jesus shows to these ten is a gift that is bestowed on those who call to him in faith. They're in need. And their need is a deadly dread disease that threatens to ruin their whole life. A disease that alienates them from the others until they finally, in the end, succumb to death as a result. The gift that he bestows on those who cry to him. It's not immediate healing, but simply a word, a command, a promise. It's a healing that is first unseen because it is by faith. And we, therefore, believe that Jesus heals from the dread disease above all else, the dread disease of sin. And that we will not die forever because of it. Because, why? Because Jesus had said, because Jesus has promised this. And by believing his word, we therefore act and we listen and we do receive what he promised.
So, these ten cured, cleansed lepers, that's us. And out of that number, only one returns. What of the others? Where are the other nine? Jesus asks the question not because he doesn't know where they are or what they're doing, but he is lamenting their loss of faith. You and I might ask the same question, where are the other nine? And we might say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't understand, I don't know where they are. But I think we do. I think we know exactly where they are. Because we've, we've probably been with them. You receive healing. By grace, have, by faith, having, having called out to Jesus for mercy, for pity, and you have received by faith forgiveness of sins, the promise of life and salvation, the word, the command, the promise of Jesus, and, and at first you go. Go, show yourself to the priest. And the priest determines that your skin has been, become clean, it's whole, it's smooth, everything is okay, and now you can go home. And you go back to your family, you go back to work, back to your busy life with all of its ups and downs, all of its joys and sorrows, all of its successes and failures, cares and its worries. And once you have your health, you stay away from the doctor because you don't need him anymore. And you're free to get back to life all on its own. Where are the other nine? I'm afraid they're exactly where we are nine times out of ten. That is living. Living with gifts and blessings that have come from Jesus. But unless we have a particular need, then we feel no need to go back to him. One does. Only one, and he was a Samaritan. Having been healed, this man was no longer a leper, but he was still a Samaritan. Still hated and despised. It's possible that this one man's, this Samaritan's return was an even greater miracle than healing leprosy in ten. Because it is, frankly, a miracle whenever faith in Jesus is created and when it survives. But when it does, such a faith cannot stay away from Jesus. So he returns and in all humility, he falls down at Jesus' feet. He recognizes that his healing came from Jesus. This healing that he received was not a one-time event. The healing, the gifts of Jesus are, are, are entirely or they're, they're not something that you, can, you just get once and you stick in your pocket and take home with you. Maybe pull it out if you need it later on. Not to be forever enjoyed separate from, away from Jesus. In the world with business as usual. Instead, the gifts of Jesus are entirely wrapped up in Jesus himself. He is our life. It's in his person, in his word, in his face, his body, in his blood, in his life and death. And so the man comes back to Jesus, giving thanks to God. And Jesus in turn tells him, rise and go. Your faith has saved you. This faith recognized the importance, the benefit of his healing was not what made him able to live apart from Jesus. But his healing was in Jesus. And such a faith saves not from physical disease, but from all disease, hurt, sin, and even death. 
the nine who went off on their own were indeed healed. They did not get immediately stricken with leprosy again. They were indeed healed, but not saved. All ten of them would again one day face death. And shortly after that, their skin, which was now cleansed, would again one day be totally destroyed and rot off of their bones in the grave. Apart from Jesus, it remains that way. Only one had the certain hope of restoration. We may indeed lament with Jesus. The overwhelming majority who have once received from him by his mercy, by faith even, once believed in him, but now act and live as if Jesus did nothing for them and is nothing for them. But we must also take heed lest we act like the nine the vast majority of our time and only return to him, only return to him giving thanks and praise only when we can fit it into the schedule of our lives that is lived out like the other nine. And even when we're here at Jesus' feet, if our minds and hearts are actually off running with the others, what's the difference? It's a warning lest Jesus would ask of you, where are you? But when we are with him, really with him, it doesn't then matter, does it, what everyone else is doing? Or what else you have to do? Or what you're missing out on by being with him? It also doesn't matter what else you've done. And it doesn't matter who you are, even a Samaritan. What matters is him. What matters is that you rely on Jesus Christ for everything, that you acknowledge him as the giver of everything, and from him, therefore, receive words and promises that sustain you and make you whole, not just in your body, but in every respect. And then as you do go, for Jesus does finally tell the man to go, back to his family, back to work, back to everything. But faith has saved you. It's different now. Having been with Jesus, having been at his feet, the word that Jesus uses to tell the man, rise, go, rise, is the same word that's used for the rising from the dead. When you who have listened to Jesus, who have been with Jesus, giving thanks to him, hearing his word and promise again, you go back to your callings, your life. You go as one risen from the dead, living a new life, a life that is in Christ, but in, yet engaging in life and vocation as a Christian, as a child of God. Your life then is a constant thanksgiving a life of praise. That means that even if you are with all the, the other nine, even if you're in a crowd, you're not alone. It means that his healing, this, this wholeness, remains with you, even if sickness, even if the disease comes back, even if you again lose everything in your life you'll have him, his mercy, his word and promise, his life and resurrection. Oh, praise him for he never forgets our daily need. Oh, bless the hour whenever to him our thoughts can speed. 
Yea, all the time we spend without him is but wasted, till we his joy have tasted, the joy that hath no end. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the innumerable blessings you have bestowed on us, especially for the revelation of your will and grace in Jesus Christ, your Son. Preserve for your Church the pure doctrine of your saving word. Raise up pastors to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Christ's name and fulfill fill all your baptized children with your spirit and his gifts. Lord, in your mercy. Amen.
In your mercy, remember the enemies of your church. Grant them repentance and amendment of life, that they would know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord and be joined to the communion of your saints. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for our president, our national and state governments, and our judges, and we pray that they would defend and protect life from the womb to the grave. We give thanks also for those whose duty it is to protect and serve in our communities. Watch over them as they carry out their duties and protect them and us from violence. Lord, in your mercy, we implore you to visit the sick, the suffering, the homebound, the grieving, and all who stand in need. Whatever their trials, have mercy on them and comfort them with the knowledge that nothing can separate them from the love that you have for them in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Bless those who approach your holy altar this day, that they would receive in faith and with thanksgiving the very body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Although we are worthy of none of the things for which we pray, we ask that you would grant them all to us by grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Almighty and most merciful Father, send down upon us the grace of your Holy Spirit, and through your holy word be pleased to bless and sanctify these your gifts of bread and wine, that they may be the body and the blood of your most dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, O Lord, according to his institution, we, your servants, celebrate here before your divine majesty. With these, your holy gifts, the commemoration your Son has willed us to make remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension. We give you most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits he has secured for us. And we humbly ask you to grant that by his merits and death, and through faith in his blood, 
we and your whole church may receive forgiveness of sins and all other benefits of his passion. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. We give thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this holy supper. We pray that through it you will strengthen our faith in you and increase our love for one another. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Just a quick note and uh, welcome your invitation to join us for the church picnic down at the park. Um, Hope that you can all stay, even if you weren't planning on it, but you can, please do stay. Um, Or stay, but go over there. Uh, Since many of you will be and will be joining in a meal, why don't we join in a table prayer uh, before. The eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us and these, your gifts, which we receive from your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God be with you.